0: Well, the reason we originated Bulls Unlimited, too, was because after one year of Bulls Unlimited, we realized there were limits (laughs) because there were days where there were games going on at the same time, especially once baseball and softball cross over with the basketball seasons. And that was kind of a frustration for that year. And like, well, why don't we just originate a second channel now? There are 95% 95% of the days where you're not going to have two games going on at once, maybe higher than 95%. So we have to come up with creative ways to mix up the programming sometimes, but it's always good to have an option. And in the case of Sunday, the original reason for two USF 24-7 channels on your iHeart app it came into play. It's because we had two teams playing at the same time, and it was enjoyable to be able to have Jim Lauk get into the booth for volleyball, and yours truly was at the Corbett Soccer Stadium. We'll tell you what went on this weekend for both of those teams, but let's start off with the team that got the W on Saturday night and talk about a must-win. It was, and the men's soccer team of Bob Butthorn pulled it off. They had lost their previous game to Tulsa, and this game was close, well, until it wasn't, it was nothing-nothing at halftime, which was a big-time improvement from the time that the Bulls started off at home against Tulsa down 3-1 at halftime. This was nothing-nothing, and then Tulsa just started to get the ball rolling, and they scored three goals within a span of about seven minutes and ended up beating the Bulls 4 nothing. So USF was 0-4 in the conference going into Saturday night. And what I've been saying all along, and all of this has kind of changed is that it was clear that it was going to be Tulsa, SMU, UCF as the top three, and then that fourth team to get into the American Athletic Conference tournament was going to be whoever performed basically best in the games between USF, Memphis, and Temple. Well, unfortunately, what's happened since then is Memphis has gotten on a roll. Memphis has actually beaten... SMU and UCF, the enormous win was by Memphis over SMU. We'll detail it for you on Around the American, but the upshot of that is, even though the Bulls got the big win Saturday night at Temple, details in a second, Memphis all of a sudden is actually in a three-way tie for second place and six points ahead of the Bulls as we are at the midway point of the men's soccer schedule as far as conference goes. You play everybody twice, so that's 10 matches. So halfway through, the Bulls are 1-4, and four, and essentially two wins behind Memphis. So one of two things going to have to happen. The Bulls are going to have to beat a UCF or an SMU, or they're going to have to sweep Memphis. And guess what? They play them Friday night at home. Of course, we'll have that one for you on Unlimited. That becomes a must-win, in my opinion. And again, we'll detail what Memphis has been up to, but let's detail what USF did on Saturday night. At Temple winning 3-0, they, for the second time this year, benefited from getting a red card on the other team in the first half, but by then, the Bulls had already taken the lead. Shagun lobby scored on an assist by Shion Soga, and the Bulls really started off strong in this game. Temple came in with a record of 2-5-2, and and like the Bulls, were 0-4 in conference. The big goal was late in the first half, and it was a rocket shot by J.T. Copper. Basically, Temple let him dribble the ball near the top of the box, and he took a couple extra touches and just ripped it into the upper left. And already down a man, that was pretty much it for the Owls. Then it was great to see Enrique Galina, who had missed the last game, get in on the action and score on a free kick, a dandy, about 50 minutes in. And from that point on, it was all in the Bulls' control. They get the win 3 to nothing. Also, Kazuna Takase was able to play for the first time since very early on in the season. He had been injured. Remember that game against Clemson? He was replaced at halftime. Basically, he had an injury, and he told Bobby, I don't, I don't have the spring. I can't make the saves I need to make. He voluntarily, and this was smart, and a smart kid is Takase, pulled himself out because he just couldn't perform for his team. Well, he performed for his team in Philadelphia to the tune of four saves. So the Bulls get the win, and again, they will be going up against Memphis on Friday night in their next action. A huge, and yeah, must win, because if you get into the conference tournament, you're two wins away from the NCAA tournament. It's going to be too difficult game. Yes, it's going to be two difficult opponents, but you kind of know that coming in. It's going to be the same way for everybody in that situation. As far as the women goes, well, their hopes for making the conference tournament are no problem because you have nine teams and the top six get in. The Bulls' goals are always higher than that when it comes to the women's side because they've become accustomed to winning the conference tournament. And It would help if you can get the top seed because the top seed gets to host. Top two seeds get a first-round bye. But thanks to what happened over the weekend, now they're pretty much in a tough spot for getting that number one seed. They, ironically, are going to have to win against Memphis. They'll be playing them this weekend on the road. We'll talk more about that later in the week. But right now, the Bulls, even though they're in second place in the conference, got to feel like they left some points on the board. And what's been going on all year long with the team kind of bit them on Sunday, and that is a slow start. And it's been wonderful that the Bulls have been scoring all these late, dramatic goals to in overtime with about a minute to go. We definitely want to mention what happened on Thursday night in Orlando. That was a big win for the Bulls. Sydney Martinez was great in goal. Sidney Nacello assisted both goals. First of all, a wonderful volley in the first half on her cross to Lucy Roberts. What a fantastic goal. She's a defensive player, but she's been coming up on that right side and blasted that one in. Then after UCF answered and, frankly, was outplaying the Bulls in regulation, the Bulls took it to UCF and got rewarded with about a minute to go in the second overtime, Nacello on a great buildup from Rosalie Amelino-Gonzalez, who essentially held the ball for about 50 yards and then dished it to Nacello. Crossover, Sarita Thurton gets ahead on it, and then Emily Lejmiri, the freshman, gets a fantastic strike. So the Bulls came in with all the momentum on Sunday, but they just couldn't take advantage of it, and it doesn't help when an early mistake gives your opponent the lead. This SW team has been fantastic having said that. Again, just one, one and
1: one in conference play. And if they were to lose this game, oh, man, that is a fluky goal right there. As I'm talking about SMU, what a break. Three minutes into the game, and it was off of a bull player. And the reason I wasn't describing the action is because there was no action. It was just the Bulls kicking it around in their end. And it went off of a bull player and right into the net. A team that has been struggling to score goals gets an absolute fluke goal. Off of a ball, and three minutes into this one, the Bulls are down one nothing, and that will have to go down as an own goal, as it was an attempted clearing pass, and actually could be credited to the SMU player that deflected it. But Sydney Martinez was in shock and just watched it go over. It looks like it originally is scheduled as an own goal, but I think it's going to go to Lindsey Whitmore. And again, I apologize for
0: not making it sound like there was any chance of a goal there because it just wasn't. you got to credit SMU. They have had, and if you're listening to the broadcast, and we will replay it on Bulls Unlimited too, check out our Twitter page, at Bulls Unlimited for the air times. I talked about how SMU came in with the 15 ranking. They had lost their previous game to Houston. They had tied UCF before that. But during a six-match winning streak, that included some very impressive wins against teams like Oklahoma State and Rice. They had some games where... Frankly, they got outplayed and still won, basically just taking care of their opportunities, which were limited. There was a game, which I still can't believe, where they got outshot 21-3, to but won 4-2 to because there was an own goal in there. And obviously, every chance they got, they scored. Well, that was not an own goal. That was a player purposefully trying to block the ball. You can't really call it a true shot, but it went into the net and then the Bulls had plenty of time to come back, obviously. Best chance in the first half came courtesy of a great pass from Vivian Bissette. Kiara Hahn had a good look on goal, but just couldn't quite finish the deal.
1: No one really making themselves available. Dennis, therefore, has to drop it back in the center of their park to Bissett. Oh, good long ball, and Hahn's up there. This is a chance. One touch, oh, and a save by Sutherland. It could have been dealt with better by Hahn, but what a ball and what a run. And frankly, she saved it. I think that ball would have been cleared either way by a Mustang because it just didn't have much pace on it.
0: And really, the Bulls didn't have a ton of chances in the first half. On the other side, Wayney Bellotta, who's an outstanding sophomore, hit the post. So really, one nothing was okay. And then in the second half, unfortunately, a similar situation to the first goal, doubled the lead for the Mustangs.
1: And SMU actually has numbers, so it would be who of the Bulls to win the battle there. And Leah does, but sends it back dangerously to City Martinez, and she almost loses the ball. This is going to be a goal. Unless it goes wide, it is not. And a misplay by the Bulls. They have absolutely given Lindsey Whitmore two goals.
0: That's when it officially went from the games that we've been seeing, which is Bulls either behind or tied late, and you had a feeling they were going to pull it out, Uh, Officially, two goals is too much to overcome against an SMU team that came in having just given up six goals all year in ten games. Well, the Bulls did pick up the pace. Again, it was too late. They've had their share of games when they outplayed the opponent and just felt unlucky they didn't win by more. Clinch it earlier. This was not that feeling. They got it started too late but still had some great chances. Madeline Penman durston whacked one off the crossbar. Sabrina Wagner hit the crossbar.
1: Oh, that's a steal by Lincoln. She's got Pemben in front. Gets it to her. Penman strikes it from the left side and it's off the crossbar, rebound chance for Cavanaugh, Save. What a shot by Penman. What a lucky break for SMU. They have again over to Wagner who could have a shot this time. There's
0: no one on her. Gets it in, crosses it, and it hits the crossbar. Are you kidding?
1: And then Penman Durston knocks it over. It is officially not going the Bulls way.
0: Hahn had another chance up close. There were chances, but again, the Bulls were down 2-0 when they really started to pick up the pace, and that was too little too late, and that ended up being the final score. Now, if they win at Memphis next weekend, the disappointment will be gone, and they'll be in great shape. Again, we'll look at more of that later on in the week. And do want to mention that Paula LeBlanc came back from injury yesterday, didn't play a ton of minutes, but that is a positive development as well. But let's get to volleyball, and on Friday... This was a team, two lane that was predicted to finish fourth in the conference, had some big-time victories, and the Bulls pushed to a fifth set. They had lost the first set, came back to win the second set, put on a show in the fourth.
1: Madison Sheffield on to serve for the fifth time. Oh, what a block there as Douglas thought she had some hang time, but that was nothing compared to Allie Barnhart. I'm just looking over at the Bulls' bench. Reagan Kynard is like, whoa. Cool her off.
0: They would win the fourth set, 25-14, but you knew that Tulane was going to make it a little bit more difficult than that in the fifth set. Still, the Bulls looked like they were going to pull this off at this point.
1: And now the Bulls up with Marta on serve again from the left side. Better reception by Urquhart. They're going to go right side to Brachescu. Bulls contact it at the net. Oloffin gets a decent pass to DeWitt, but dug back up by Ditz in the back row. Right side Brachescu again. Knocked over by Barnhart, oh, what a play by O'Wafflin, another dig by Marta, now the Bulls could get a shot here. DeWitt cranks up, and it's in! What a point!
0: Made it five to three, Tulane calls timeout, comes out with the next three, we still went down to the wire, but 15-12 ends up being the final score. There's some crazy stuff that happened in this match. For example, late in the second set, The Bulls had one error. They had 59 attempts and just one error. They would end up with 21 errors. And then Tulane, which has a pretty good blocker, Kayla Dinkins, was sixth in the country in 2018. They had no blocks until late in the third set. And then they got two on back-to-back points. There was some crazy stuff happening. It was really good performance for the Bulls. Marta Svetkovic had 15 kills. Tizzy Poyis with 14. They both had 10 digs. And speaking of digs, CeCe Clausen needed 15 to become the second all-time leader as far as USF history in digs. She ended up with 18, so well done there. And then Jim Lauk was on the call on Sunday on Bulls Unlimited 2 against a Houston team that had given Tulane its only loss and had just beaten UCF. So, yeah, it was going to be a tough one. And yet the Bulls won the first set in thrilling fashion. Here's how it sounded.
2: Blocked at the net by the Bulls. Houston, third touch, gets it over off the top of the net. Bulls recover. They get it across on three. Now Houston setting up. And this one is going to be touched by the Bulls. It's Houston's point. And we're all even at 24. 24. Remember you have to win by two points. Bulls with the set. Here comes DeWitt and it's blocked by the Cougars and all of a sudden it is set point for Houston. Into the net. It's a service error. We're even at 25. What a big mistake for Houston and the Bulls have some second life here. Now the Bulls with the set up for DeWitt and sails wide it is out and it's back to set point for Houston at 26-25. Here's the serve off the top of the net, it barely got over, and the Bulls respond with the point. Coming in from the right side, Tz Polyes ties it again. It'll be Polyes toward the back line and into the net and that'll be Houston's point. Houston, knocked that ball just over the net and everybody kind of got tangled up and nobody was able to make a play on the ball. So now the third set point for Houston. Klaassen gets it started and the Bulls get the point again. Amiri Hendricks Walker makes it 27-27. Svitkovich again and it is out along the far sideline. Back and forth we go and now it's Houston up a point with the serve. 28-27 toward the back line. Bulls get it in play. Dug out by Houston but that is going to be a point for USF. That ball wound up near the stands. And again the Bulls fight off a set point. Sheffield gets it across. Dropped over by Houston, now the Bulls recovering. Sheffield gets it across, third touch. And now Houston sends it wide to the right point, USF. And now it is set point for the Bulls at 29-28. Houston on the attack, boy a great dig by the Cougars to keep it alive. Now the Bulls with the set, Svitkovic. It gets over the net, now Houston. Blocked by the Bulls and the Bulls have won the first set. Barnhart at the net, gets the Bulls the point and USF defeats Houston in the first set and it was a thriller. Both teams with multiple set point opportunities, but it's the Bulls that come out ahead 30 to 28.
0: Then in the second set, down 21-16, Bulls thought they had tied it at 24, but a reversal on video replay handed the set to Houston.
2: Pulleys drives it across, dug out by the Cougars, but USF will get the point. Abby Jackson tried to come in from the left hand, and hit it. Sheffield in for the Bulls and she will serve. Now USF setting it up for Barnhart. Cook keeping it alive for the Cougars. And they get it across. Set far side Svitkovic and that's a point for USF. And the Bulls come racing back in this one. It's 21 to 18. There's Houston with it across, and that is out. Point for the Bulls. Abby Jackson sent that one sailing wide. Bulls with the serve. And that one is out on the return by Houston. So the Bulls, who were down six points, have closed to one. It's a Houston timeout. DeWitt dug out by Jackson. And that one sails long, we're tied at 24. So again, with the two-point margin necessary, this set's gonna go past 25, just like the first one did. And they may be going to look at the monitor here. After checking out the replay, the officials rule it is Houston's point. From the motion that she made, it looked like she was saying the ball did touch a bull and if that's the case this set is over so a tough one for the bulls there it is indeed reversed and this match is now tied at one set apiece
0: and then the cougars who again are a great team would roll the bulls especially in the third set 25 10 but then 25 12 they took over the match. Still a lot of positives with this team, even though they're 0-6 in conference. We'll talk more about them the next couple of days because, oh yeah, Wednesday, the Warren I-4
1: in the Yingling Center. But that's all the time we have for the show today. Thanks for listening. I'm Derek Sharp.